Welcome back to Cool Art History. I am the Cool Art Historian, and this will be a two-part episode covering the historical inaccuracies of white Jesus. I will also be covering some fairly controversial topics such as white supremacy, nationalism, racism, non-conforming gender, the Black Madonna, and the Jewish occupation of the Palestine Territory. So listener discretion is greatly advised. You're probably wondering how the historical character of Jesus and his false Caucasian complexion has anything to do with what I just stated. Well, be patient, we'll get to that. For this first episode, we're going to look at a few different portraits of Christ and examine their similarities as well as the histories and cultures they came from, touching on a few key points that should be remembered for next week's podcast. That is when we'll cover more controversial topics, and that podcast will be presented to you in a conversational style format with myself and a good colleague. Finally, a big thank you to my great friend Hasnat Amir for creating the music for this week's and next week's podcast. Check him out here on Spotify. He has a collection of cool beats for any occasion. Now, let's dive into this great big pile of The earliest depiction of Jesus that historians have is from the 2nd century and was found in Syria. It depicts the healing of the paralytic and is captured on stone. It is missing most detail and resembles a modern-day stick figure drawing. So we're going to have to make some deduction. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and was from Nazareth, so it's safe to assume that if Jesus was alive today, he would probably resemble a modern-day Palestinian in physical characteristics. However, taking into account that this was 2,000 years ago and humans have greatly evolved since then, we can also assume that Jesus may have been darker in complexion and shorter in height than the average male today. In short, this can be contributed to the diet and lifestyle of 2,000 years ago compared to today. So, how did Jesus become white in contemporary culture? It was in the 2nd century that white Jesus began to pop up everywhere with the reign of Emperor Constantine and the early importation of white Jesus into the Middle East from the Holy Roman Empire. Constantine set the template for how Christ should look, and that didn't change for about 18 centuries, for two reasons. One, the church has always resisted change, and I can personally verify that. And two, artists wanted to reach the public and establish a successful career, and changing the status quo has never been profitable. One of the oldest panel icons of Christ that can be found is at St. Catherine's Monastery in Sinai, Egypt. It dates back to about the 6th century, however, historians had originally dated it to the 13th century by mistake. However, most likely that was when it was repainted. This particular portrait of Jesus is very Caucasian, and it is possible that he was repainted this way because of that importation of white Jesus from medieval Europe. However, there isn't a lot of scholarly research on this topic. So, if some aspiring art historian is listening out there and interested in this sort of thing, please do us all a favor and get to work. Personally, I am under the assumption that this portrait of Jesus was painted to favor a more European look. Besides the importation of white Jesus that I have mentioned now twice, there is also the economic factor of the paint itself. 
It actually costs more to make whiter and brighter paints, such as what is used for Jesus' complexion in this panel. So this was a conscious decision, and one that would have cost the patron more money. So why did they whitewash Jesus when it was economically in their favor to keep Jesus' physical depiction more historically accurate? As stated, there isn't a lot of scholarly research done on this particular topic with this particular portrait of Christ, so anybody's guess is as good as mine. It could be that the patron favored that European look, it could be that they believed that having that European look meant more prestige and more economic power, it could be a multitude of things. Nobody really knows yet, so like I said, if you're interested in this and you are an academic, please do us all a favor and get to work. I can't do it all. One other interesting element of this panel is that it actually holds two separate portraits of Jesus when mirrored. But that is a much longer conversation for another day that maybe we'll revisit in the future. The early Christians certainly had their work cut out for them. If they weren't getting murdered by the Roman Empire for being heretics and cannibals, again, that's a conversation for another day, they were trying their damnedest to convert the local pagan population. The early Christians found it much easier to connect Christ and the ideas of a monotheistic god to polytheist ideas. This is why when we look at depictions of Jesus from the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd centuries, we will see a youthful, boyish, fresh-faced Jesus, and not a bearded man in his 30s. This is because early Christian artists based their depiction of Christ on the Greek and Roman god Apollo, and a lot of these examples can be found in the Roman catacombs. If you're near your phone or computer and want to follow along, please go ahead and look up a photo of the Apollo statue from Pompeii, as well as the sarcophagus of Junius Bassus. That's Junius, J-U-N-I-U-S, Bassus, B-A-S-S-U-S. And if you can't spell sarcophagus, I can't help you because I can't either. While these are very different artworks, they are both very popular and I thought they would be interesting to compare. The statue of Apollo in Pompeii, which I have been lucky enough to see in person, is a bronze, nude depiction of Apollo in the stance of an archer, and was cast using the lost wax technique. It was one of the first large-scale statues to be excavated in Pompeii. For those less versed in ancient mythology, Apollo was one of the Olympian deities from classical Greek and Roman mythology. Apollo was recognized as the god of archery, music and dance, truth and prophecy, and healing and diseases, as well as his most commonly recognized attribute, the sun and light god. Apollo was often depicted as a handsome, beardless young man, and many times with a kithra, which resembles a bow in his hand. Now turning our attention to the sarcophagus of Junius Bassus, there are a few different depictions of Christ. First, it's important to mention this is an early Christian sarcophagus and was used for the burial of Junius, hence the name. Junius Bassus was an important figure in Rome. He was the Prefectus Orbi, or the urban prefect in English. The sarcophagus tells us that Bassus converted to Christianity shortly before his death in 359. There are three panels in which we can see Christ. He is depicted as a youthful, beardless figure with near shoulder-length flowing hair. 
Christ appears in the center of both rows, on the top row as a lawgiver or teacher and is seated between his chief followers, Peter and Paul. This depiction has always been very common in Christian art and is called the Traditio Legis. On the bottom, Christ can be seen seated on a mule and entering Jerusalem. Interestingly enough, there are no palm branches, but the figure of Zacchaeus in a sycamore tree is there. Both scenes borrow from classic pagan Roman iconography. In the top, Jesus is sitting with his feet on a billowing cloak representing the sky carried by Kelius, the classical personification of the heavens. Christ hands Peter a scroll, probably representing the Gospels, as emperors were often shown doing to their heirs or generals. The lower scene loosely follows the entry of an emperor to a city, a scene often depicted in imperial art. Also, Christ is identified by the imperial eagle of victory in the notch molding above the scene. If you are looking at these works, it becomes fairly obvious that both depictions of Christ are boyish and youthful. And there are plenty of other examples like this in early Christian art. And I encourage any curious listener to go out and do their own research on this topic. For now, we're going to move on and look at one of Leonardo da Vinci's depictions of Christ. In da Vinci's Salvator Mundi, or Savior of the World in English, the painting depicts Jesus in Renaissance dress, making the sign of the cross with his right hand while holding a transparent, non-refracting crystal orb in his left. Da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi may have been painted for Louis XII's of France and his consort Anne of Brittany. Like the Mona Lisa, da Vinci is using soufmato, which is a technique that gives a soft and almost smoky element to the painting. But this Jesus is a bit different. He's a bit feminine. Like early depictions, he is not bearded, his face is fairly youthful, and his hair curls at his shoulders, something that da Vinci was known for. There are classical draperies in the clothes, like that from antiquity, but the neckline is much lower than the viewer may be used to seeing. He is also dressed in a bright azura blue, with gold trimming. I think many can agree that when thinking of Christ, we tend to picture him in royal blues, purples, and even reds. This is a very feministic portrait of Jesus that refers back to the androgynism of Renaissance art, a topic that we will cover more in depth next week on the podcast. However, that is all we have time for today. I hope I have perked your interest on this topic and you return next week for the second episode on White Jesus, where myself and a colleague will be digging deeper into how these depictions of Jesus have fostered ideas like white supremacy, nationalism, and more. See you next time!